0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Friend Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, today joined by Maurice Ruitt. So our first story today is looking into a new poll about the upcoming election, and this is from Ipsos. And the poll suggests that, if you just read the headline, the ANC is headed for a horrific collapse in its voter support. But things get a little bit more complicated when you actually dig into the details. So uh, the the sort of headline results of the poll, they firstly uh, made a big point of saying that about a third of South Africans who are registered to vote, say that there is no political party that represents their views. They uh, Of the voters they interviewed, they uh, said 38%. Uh, were uh, supporting the ANC, 18.6% supporting the EFF, 17.3% supporting the DA, the IFP was on 3.6, Action SA on 3.4, and the other parties uh, all less than 1%. This poll also included, however, 3.6% who said they would not vote, and 3.8% who refused to answer, and a 2.7% who said they don't know. Now that does distort things a little bit. Um, And we can get into some of the meat and potatoes of this poll in a second. But they also did include a voter turnout model, um, which Ipsos doesn't always do. In this case, uh, they found that on a low voter turnout, the ANC would get about 46%, the DA21 and the EFF just under 17%, uh, with the other parties collectively getting 16%. Now, Um, it's worth noting that historically, Ipsos polls have tended to be a little bit all over the place. In 2021, they massively underestimated the ANC. Um, Their final poll, they had the ANC at about 30%. Um, I think their final result was 47, something like that. Uh, They rated the DA at 16%, whereas their final poll was at about 21. And the EFF on 10, which is about sort of what they actually did get nationally, so that one was accurate. Uh, And in their 2019 polling, they got the ANC pretty much correct, slightly underestimated it. They were five points lower on the DA than the DA's final result, uh, and they got the EFF result relatively accurate. Um, but that poll included a twelve point five percent who don't know who they're going to vote for. So, Morris, um, let's look at the headline number here. You know, what do you make of this thirty eight point five percent for the ANC? Do you think that that is a realistic thing? Also, this is a very positive poll for the EFF, but I'm a little bit sceptical. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'd take that with a bit of a pinch of salt. Uh, I think ANC support is definitely much lower than it's been in the past, but I still don't think it's impossible for that it's going to get above 50% in the um, election later this year. Our former colleague, Gareth van Onselen, he's written quite a lot on uh, the trends and what's happened in the past in uh, South African elections. If anybody's interested, they should go look at his blog. Uh, It's called Inside Politics, I think. And he's also said it's going to be, there's going to be quite a big uh, collapse in ANC support for to actually come under 50% in the national elections. Obviously, it's not impossible, and it's something that could happen. But we're going to have to see ANC hemorrhaging support in ways we haven't seen ever before. And uh, we must also remember that the ANC has a very, um, normally, I mean, this has been for, before other elections, has a very, so well-oiled election uh, uh, kind of campaigning machinery. Uh, So I'm not sure if it's got that at the moment, we know it's had financial issues. And one thing I've noticed that, just driving around uh, Joburg and Equilieni and so on. There are much fewer uh, ANC posters up encouraging people to uh, come register to vote compared to posters for the EFF, the DA, even the Freedom Front Plus. Rasmus Zanzi, I've seen a lot of their posters. So I think maybe the ANC is definitely going to lose support, but I think 38% of all registered voters, according to this poll, I mean, I would take that with a pinch of salt. And as you said before, um, Ipsos polls have always been kind of underpolling the DA. So I'd also be quite surprised if the EFF is ahead of the DA at the moment. Even just also looking at by-election results across the country, the EFF has surged in some places, but nothing to make me think that it's going to outpoll the DA though.
0: No, I think that's exactly right. Um, it's interesting. This kind of it does. You know, they are not that many the polls in South Africa's um, electoral history. You know, we did, we've never always we've never had like a really rich polling environment until. It started to improve, I think, starting around 2016. But it's still there's not that many. Um, the IRR we do some polling occasionally as well, um, and our polls are a little bit different from this. I suspect the ANC is probably closer to the mid 40s right now when it comes to the actual uh, day of, and the EFF is probably a bit lower. Um, and and part of the reason for that is that uh, you know the key to making an accurate polling prediction about a final election result is usually down to how you model the turnout. Um, And that's an incredibly complicated thing to do in many ways. You know, you have to firstly ask the people who are answering your survey, like, how likely are they to be able to vote? Because uh, you'll often find that you'll have a lot of supporters of one party who say, let's say, for example, the ANC, who might say, yeah, I'm ANC, but I'm also grumpy with the ANC, so I'm not going to vote this time. Um, And that can skew the results uh, depending on how you you you, you model the turnout uh, and the DA has generally been pretty good at getting out its voters which is why I think one of the reasons why Ipsos has tended to underpoll poll them um, by about five points in previous election results uh, so yeah I think I think those problems with turnout uh, suggest that they uh th- that uh, their turnout scenarios here, where you actually, where they've applied their own filter, suggest that uh, is a more accurate result. Um, you know, the DA on about just over 20 somewhere, the EFF around 15, and the ANC around 46. Obviously, we'll have to see, um, but this is another interesting piece of data that suggests that the ANC is in big trouble going into the election, and maybe we are going to see that unprecedented shedding of support that Gareth says is necessary for them to drop below fifty percent. Okay, um, let's move on to our next story, and this is a speech given by President Ramaphosa. He was in, uh, he was doing pre-state of the nation address engagement in Cape Town. He's speaking to a number of young people um, in, in, in uh, around the city, uh, in Belha and. He encouraged the people there to seek out whatever work opportunities they could and not to sort of hold out for an office job. He said, I was in standard nine, which is today's grade 11. I think I walked door to door saying, can I uh, get some work, please? Um, uh, Do you have any work for me? And I got a job to pack boxes of cigarettes and boxes of sweets. He said that this job taught him skills and discipline uh, in hard work. Uh, And he said, that's why I encourage young people, don't just go and get an office job, go and get any job, manual or otherwise, because it teaches you the discipline of work. Now, personally, I completely agree with that sentiment from President Romaposa, particularly in our very tough uh, job environment, particularly in a country where the education system is not producing, you know, a great education. Uh, If you are a poor guy who is struggling um, to to get yourself uh, into the job market, it's very important that uh, you take whatever opportunities you get because the moment you get your foot in the door, it increases the chance that you will be able to actually find a job for yourself. But Marius, um, the problem is that Ramaphosa's words here I think clash a bit with what the actual government policies that his government has implemented do for workers in the workforce. What do you make of this?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's very good advice from the president actually. I think uh, everybody should, uh, when you're a youngster, try to get some kind of work and, uh, you know, just apart from, uh, as it says, uh, as the president says, the discipline of work, uh, working in whatever kind of environments, you can uh, also create contacts, can help you later in life, give you skills you maybe wouldn't have got. So, yeah, and, and there's an inherent dignity in work as well. But as you say, the Um, the ANC government uh, has actually made it very hard for people to enter the workforce through various labor laws. And the ANC and its allies always talks about decent jobs and decent work and so on, which is all fair enough. I think uh, it is important that, uh, you know, employees get protected from, uh, you know, people from employers who maybe don't have, uh, you know, their best interests at, at heart. But, that that has created, I think, uh, that is part of the reason we have this very big unemployment crisis. And while we have, I'm not sure of the exact figures at the top of my head, but something like 60 or 70% of people aged between 18 and 29 or 18 and 27, whatever the case is, unemployed. And I think it's partly because the government has made it so hard to employ people and this focus on, you know, decent work, whatever, whatever that might be. Um, so people would, you know, and... and That's one of the ironies of South Africa. People who are employed in the uh, expanded public works program in South Africa, basically doing jobs for the government, the minimum, uh, the the minimum that people get paid for that is lower than the minimum wage that people are uh, supposed to get from uh, employees. So it's all, uh, and also shows this kind of cognitive dissonance in in the government. I think President Ramaphosa knows what's what needs to happen, but he just can't bring himself to actually say it. So it shows all, you know, this. And that's probably why the government's time doesn't work properly because all these kinds of, uh, you know, as I say, cognitive dissonance. left hand, right hand, know what uh, each are doing, but they're doing different things and probably doing things they shouldn't be doing.
0: Right, exactly right. All right, let's move on to our last story very briefly. And this one is kind of, I think, an exemplar of many of the things that have gone wrong in South Africa's governance over the last couple of decades. Um, and this is the story of an old woman in who was interviewed last year by uh, an Eastern Cape media organisation, she had been waiting more than 25 years for an RDP house. She's an old lady. She lived in a uh, uh, in a mud hut, basically near Port St Johns. She had six kids, and pretty much her whole family lived off of her pension, as they had very few work opportunities. She um, passed away recently, never having received. An RDP house uh, from from the government, even though she'd been waiting all this time. She had registered back, I think, in 2000 uh, for, for, for an RDP house, and her daughter said she applied years ago, but nothing came of that. I'm sure she's angry wherever she is now. She was heartbroken. She has been unable to provide us with a proper house, but she tried her best. And uh, this reminds me of a personal experience I had. Um, I went on a tour of of various parts of the country in 2011, including Port St. John's, and there was I visited an RDP settlement there. And that RDP settlement was mostly abandoned. Why? Because the state had built it, but they had built the houses badly. They had not um, fitted plumbing into them, and it uh, had... ...left them with these half-finished chemical toilets that didn't properly work. They had built the thing so far away from the town... ...that the few people who did have jobs weren't able to actually get to work... uh, ...easily without having a a car, which many of them didn't have. Uh, It was dangerous for kids to walk to school. The school was far away. They had to walk through the felt and would often be attacked... um, ...and and, uh, uh, be robbed or sexually assaulted in some cases... And so as a result, people had just abandoned this RDP settlement. So even when the government did actually build the housing, it had failed. They had built it in the wrong place. They had uh, wasted money. Um, and I'm sure all that happened was some cater somewhere got away with the you know, massively inflated um, construction costs. So I think, Maurice, what this really highlights is kind of the way that ANC government has is, is sort of got entirely the wrong approach here it should be trying to empower citizens to be able to build their own houses or or find work or something like that, rather than trying to build houses from this kind of central directed um, approach, which is just leads to inefficiency, waste and slow development.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, this is a dog bites man story in South Africa. You know, we all, you know, people waiting forever to get houses, and, you know, we've all heard stories of where there's one granny or gogo, whatever the case is, getting a state pension, which is whatever it is, you know, a grand or two grand a month, and having support four or five people on that. Unfortunately, it's something that we see far too often in South Africa. And it, uh, we, we, we've seen the president um, or, you know, the ANC government crying about these successes. And while I think there is a lot to, I mean, I think there has been expansion of uh, housing in South Basically, Africa that we didn't have in the past
0: particularly before 2010.
1: Exactly, yeah. up until about 2008, eight nine, where we all know what happened uh, then. Uh, so there have been some successes and I think it, the expansion of uh, social grants I don't think is inherently a bad thing, but people are... Too many people are uh, reliant on social grants and we need more people working. And I, as I said, this is just a kind of a microcosm of South Africa and what's happening in this country. You know, people are reliant on the government. The government doesn't come through. So now this poor woman's been waiting for nearly basically a generation for home. She hasn't received it. And also now the, the five people, whatever it is, they were reliant on her and her income. Also now not going to have any money. But as you said, the, the first prize would be for all those people to be in work and to be able to provide for themselves and not have to be reliant on a poor, you know, 80 or 90-year-old old woman that has to provide for all these people now.
0: That's exactly right. Um, and until we get more people into work, more terrible stories like this will, I think, be the norm in the country. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. We hope you found the show interesting. That's a wrap.